This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a paid program. Good afternoon and happy Saturday. My name is Rich Orris, home consultant with Mosby Building Arts and your host of Ride at Home with Rich. And on today's show, we're going to cover all things fire with our guest from C. Bennett Supply out of O'Fallon, Missouri. Eric Joseph is with me today, and I'm really excited to have him here today just because we've worked together for so long. They're definitely one of Mosby's uh, trusted trade partners that we use. We do all sorts of fireplace stuff with them. So we'll have a lot of great stuff for you today. And, of course, halfway through the show, I will unveil my right-at-home hack. You won't want to miss that. And don't forget, you want to call in. Give us a call, 314-241-9797. If you call in during the show, you'll be eligible for that $25 Stephanie's gift card. That'll get you a great dinner for two. The number again, 314-241-9797. Make sure you leave us a phone number when you call in so we can contact you if you are the big winner. All right. Well, I say let's get fired up. What do you say, Eric? How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, exciting time to be in St. Louis. Blues are doing good. Weather's turned a little bit for us. And uh, three-day holiday weekend, so uh, barbecue blues. and You right got on. it. Uh, yeah. Cannot wait. Oh, man, I'm so excited about the the whole blues thing. And, you know, first time in my lifetime anyways. So Mine as well. Mine yeah, as yeah. Well, so. Really. And, I, you know, I saw a client, a great repeat client of mine yesterday. We're going to do some bathroom and some kitchen work. We're going to put a roof on his house. We got a pretty good size list, everything we're going to get done for them. And I'm pretty sure he's the biggest blues fan I've ever met in all of my life. Yeah, there's some, there's definitely some diehard fans out yeah. there, and, and the whole town is buzzing because of the Blues. And uh, when you look at uh, what January third, they had the worst record in hockey, and and now here they are going in the Stanley Cup. It's it's almost surreal when you look at it. So um, uh, it's really uh, it's really good for the city, obviously, and it's yeah. taking a lot of heat off the Cardinals as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I went to the game last night, and I was uh, other than the fact that we went with some good friends, I almost didn't really want to be down there just because. Uh, I pretty much knew probably what I was going to see, the brand of baseball that we've been seeing for a while, which isn't real exciting. So, Yeah. At any rate. Yep. So this is totally exciting. So this client, this client of ours here at Mosby, we actually, I, I want to say it was maybe four or five years ago, we built a room edition um, for him. So we're not re-roofing the room edition because it was, you know, it's much newer. We're just going to match it and do the rest of the house. But the room edition is like a, a TV room, family room, kind of TV room, and it, it's called the Blues Room. 
And I mean, there is racks of jerseys. Wow. And he has more jerseys than anyone. And I've seen some pretty cool sports people stuff, all the, and he has every jersey. You can't even imagine all these jerseys. You'd be, you'd be floored. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Those blue, those blue fan, blues fans are diehard and, um, yeah. you know, blue collar back in the days with the Plager brothers and, um, you know, with the Sutters and, and all that. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, those guys are, um, those guys are good old, uh, Good old blue collar blues boys. So it's, um, I'm sure it's an exciting time for them. And uh, obviously, I was watching the other night on, on uh, Fox Sports, I guess, and they had one of the plaguers on there, and and you know the emotion that that they felt, and even Brett Hall when he got on there was yeah. know, starting to tear up a little bit, which which kind of made you feel good. You know, when a guy like that leaves, you know, you you know you could tell he didn't leave St. Louis behind. So, um, so yeah, it's it's good for um for the whole community for sure, and financial financially for downtown St. Louis. Uh, what a great opportunity as well, um, you know, for restaurants and bars and and what have you. And then, of course, all the all the stores selling all the paraphernalia, you know, all the blues yeah. jerseys and stuff. And uh, yep, yeah. So it's uh, it's a it's a great time to be a St. Louisan. It is. It absolutely is. And it'll be uh, it'll be fun watching it all go down. And and hopefully we can pull it off. Go Blues! This absolutely. Will be- Let's get them done and everything. So I'm gonna jump to the phone real quick here. We have Kim on the line has a question about last week's guest. Kim, are you with us? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I was just calling for the name of the guest that you had last Saturday. Yeah, it was uh, Kevin Welsh from Helitech. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Not him. Not him? That's that's um, who I think no. I had last week. Last Saturday morning. Um, was it seven to nine o'clock, seven a.m. to nine a.m.? You know what? I think that oh. was for a different show, Kim. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll send you back to the producer. They can maybe look that up for you. Hey, how many jerseys do you got? Oh, this. So so it's not me, but my client. I mean, it's like the the circle racks that you see at Dillard's. There's like two of them, uh-huh. completely loaded with jerseys. Holy cow! I mean tight like you got to move one to see the other that's pretty cool that's how tight it, it it's amazing yeah he's a huge fan so yeah it, it's pretty cool so yeah he's he's definitely very excited he actually has tickets so he's got a ticket to um the first game and he's got one lined up on hold for the third i think the third game in the or either third or fourth, whenever, and then like the last one if they go to the last one. But they won't they won't sell the next seats right. to him yet because right. they're waiting to see how far. Like because the the prices will just keep rising depending on what's happening. So and he's, he's well aware to, of that. He's, he's actually going to Boston for a game, huh? And he doesn't care wow. if what it you know he's like nope I'm yeah I'll pay it. Well, if he's it, waited a long wow. time, so at that he's point, like if it, know, if that ticket care. raises a thousand dollars to the last game, I will absolutely pay it and go. And I'm like, yep. that's fabulous, right. you know. And you know, and, and I was so I was telling him, you know, kind of an analogy I use all the time because we talk about the cost of construction, and you know, we're we're a premium with a premium service with you know all this stuff, and so so I always use this analogy with the Super Bowl. You know, when people are like, oh my gosh, things are too expensive or that cost too much or this cost too much. And I said, you know, I said, here's, here's the thing. Do you think 2,500 or $3,000 is too much money to go to one single football game? 
Well, you're asking you know, somebody who doesn't yeah. go to any, so yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. exactly. <laughs> so, but I think so too. But I'm it's okay crazy. with other people exactly. wanting to pay that. But tell me the last time the Super Bowl wasn't sold out. Yeah. Right. You know, it's filled. So people are paying three grand to get mm-hmm. into a football game. Right. Yeah. One time, one game, it's over. Had a good time. And I'm like, so everything has a value. And it's just as that value for you. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I don't, I, I, I just don't have $2,500 a drop to get into a blues hockey game either. Yeah. Well, you I'll know? just buy a really, really, really nice TV. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and a sound system and enjoy the game there. And you so can watch the next 20 Super Bowl Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. It's, you know, and I see, Eric, you probably see this all the time with, with fireplaces. It's where's that value for you? Exactly. They're exactly. changing now the things they do inside of them with the colors and the lights and just all this, you know, and they can get pretty costly. And it's like, what's the value for you? A lot of people be like, I'd never pay that to light it up. And other people are like, that's the coolest thing ever. Go right at it. It's like anything else, especially these days, you're buying a lifestyle, right? Yeah. And, you know, specialty products in in any, you know, fireplace industry, car industry, whatever, are are such a big deal and and people pay it. So, I mean, if you look at a sporting event, you say, well, how can they charge that much? You bring up a great point, Rich. It's sold out. So, the reason they're charging that much is because people are buying it, and and typically the the people that are selling the tickets they're they're in it to make money. You know they're not a they're not a um, a, a philanthropic um, organization. So as long as exactly spend the money, there's people that will um, that will um, you know that'll charge those prices, and that's it, how it works. Well, yep. to your point, Rich, though it's not like the people who are in the stands are upset about it. Oh no, they're yeah, thrilled yeah. to oh, be they, there for whatever the cost was. You bet. Yep. You know, and, doesn't bother them a bit. They see the value in that. So my wife looked up the cost of tickets yeah. to to some of these games, you know, just to see cuz my my nephew's a huge huge fan and his his birthday's the end of this month. And she came back and was like, "So we're not doing that for him?" <laughs> and I was like, "Well, think about it. It's, you know, the basis of of sales, supply and demand." Right. So the demand is great, and the last time it was supplied was 1970. Right, yeah. I can't believe they're not charging double what they're even getting. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, seriously, it was the it was 1970, so they could probably do anything they want. Well, if you took and a people cro- would pay it. Yeah, if you took a cross-section of all the Blues fans, you know, that considered themselves fans in the St. Louis area, I would say half of them weren't even born the last time the Blues were in the Stanley yeah. Cup. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. You know so, the other beautiful thing about the blues? What's that? They, they never mess up my traffic. <laughs> yeah. It's just, uh, there's like no downside. This is fantastic. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. So on that note, I say let's get into our first break. I want to remind everybody to give us a call. Um, get in on that gift card, 314-241-9797. And I got, some, I got this home advisor story I want to share with Eric and talk about when we return. You do not want to miss that. All right, we are back and uh, feeling good about the blues, but we got a lot of information, so I want to get at some of this, and uh, I want to remind everybody of a couple things. that. Um, so Eric Jost with me today, C. Bennett Supply. They're out of O'Fallon, Missouri, and they do more than just fireplaces, but fireplaces is kind of our topic. We want to go over some outdoor fire pits, fireplaces, a lot of information on that. And if you have any questions about your fireplace, I'm telling you, this is the guy 
that I go to with the knowledge to help figure these things out, help figure out issues, corrections, all kinds of stuff like that. You can give us a call, 314-241-9797. Tell us your stories. Um, I want to go over this home advisor thing too. If you have a story that kind of relates to that, I invite you to call in and, you know, share that with us. Um, for sure. But, um, and I want to remind everybody about the gift card giveaway here, $25 Stephanie, a gift card to one lucky caller. If you call in, leave us a phone number, we'll pick one, uh, one out of the hat, one listener out of the hat or caller out of the hat when we, uh, end the show and you will win a $25 Stephanie's gift card. It'll get you a great meal. Um, for sure. Italian, great place. Hey, Eric, have you ever, um, you ever frequent Stefanina's all out the there? time, all the time. We uh, we live pretty close to Zumbel, so we get uh, we get yeah. a lot of pizza deliveries from uh, Stefanina's. So between their pizza and their salad, um, yeah, top notch. Yeah, their salad's great. The Steph's special pizza is out of this world. It is. It is fabulous. Um, so definitely call in, get in on that three one four two four one nine seven nine seven. And so, um, and I don't know, if, did you hear this story on Channel Five about Home Advisor? It was about a month ago, I think, that they actually aired it. Um, so for, for people that don't know, so and there's other services like this too, like Angie's List, Home Advisor, some of these. So Home Advisor, you've probably seen the commercials mm-hmm. where they, they'll, they'll research the contractors for you. They do background checks and criminal background checks and all this different stuff. And, and Channel 5 aired this story about home advisor of what people that are using them are finding out from, from the workers and the, and the contractors, you know, that they're finding through them and, and hiring because they trust this organization to, you know, do everything mm-hmm. it's saying they're going to do. And a lot of people are having a lot of issues with the contractors that they're recommending mm-hmm. And I've heard the same thing with Angie's List, out going around meeting people who did, you know, I've seen bad concrete. I've seen just all kinds of things. And they're like, yeah, we found the guy on Angie's List, and we thought, and we did this. And um, and even any system can be kind of, you know, negotiated or right. tricked into, you know, working for you or making it seem like you're you're better than you are or have the right, you know, credentials and different stuff. So they're all just systems of trying to figure out, you know, who's good and, and best and, and checking them and stuff. But this home advisor one, and there was one couple on there that, um, and, and this is nationwide. So I think the the worst one was in like Carolina or something like that. But the person working on their house was actually a, a f- convicted federal felon. He was on probation while he was working on their house. Wow. And they said the minute they Googled him their self, everything just it landed in their lap. They were like, oh, wow, they found out all their worst nightmares. But yet Home Advisor recommended them. Recommended them. Said, yep, this is great. Use him, whatever. And and so I I just want to, you know, warn people, even even the Better Business Bureau, you know, you can manipulate yourself right. to look really good. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I had one, I had a client a few years ago and, um, we're actually getting ready to start our third job for this very client. Um, and 
they were having someone else look at this work for them. And, and it was the second job we were doing for them. So he actually told me who it was. And he said, you know, here's the company, here's this, all this. He's in his exact words to me were they, they have an A plus rating, the better business bureau, and they've been in business for 10 years. And he's, he literally asked me, can you just kind of check into them mm -hmm. and just let me know what you feel the difference is between your company and their company and what I'm getting and what I'm paying for and all this stuff. So in what I advise people and what I did for this one is you don't just research the company, you research the people right. that you're dealing with. You research the owner, you research the guy that's in your house, you research, you know, do names. And so what I found out about this company was someone, they had hired a guy to start running it in like the past eight months or so. And, you know, from that time and, um, he had this grand business plan that he was going to take this company from a million dollars worth of work a year to four or five million in one year. And I was like, wow, that seems like a that's, pretty grand gesture. Perfect. Like, I don't think that's possible. Or if you did it, it would go so fast right. you would crash and burn. Right. From a percentage standpoint, <clears throat> yeah, if you're growing more than 10% a year in most industries, that's pretty, um, that puts a lot of pressure on um, the individuals that work for the company. Uh, Absolutely. Unless, unless you spend a bunch of money up front and hire people betting on the FCOM, which most businessmen and businesswomen yeah. don't do that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if, you, if your goal and that's what you're promoting, that you're going to grow that fast, um, that that's typically not, uh, that's not a good thing, at least <clears throat> yeah. for, the, for the person who's getting work done by that company. So, so I started researching the guy that's saying he could do, make this company do this. Uh -huh. And that particular person had literally been basically booted out of about at least three states, Texas, Florida, and somewhere else. Maybe it might have been four. He had run a company to the ground in each one of those states, mm. like literally trying to do stuff like this while earning a substantial paycheck mm -hmm. you know, along the way. And so I, I looked him up. I looked him up on CaseNet, and he was – at that point, currently being sued by multiple companies in St. Louis. Wow. And the, the concrete company that we use was actually suing him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, look at that. So yeah. I'm, I'm calling Larry, you know, right. B&W Concrete. Hey, Larry, tell me about this person. And he literally, the first words out of his mouth were, oh, my God, you're not doing any kind of work with him, <laughs> right? And I'm like, no. You know, but so he went into what happened and all this stuff and how they don't pay their contractors mm -hmm. and all this. So huge, huge warning signs. But if you looked up the company, they've been in business for 10 years and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. So you think you're done. Right. You know, but the Better Business Bureau, not that there's anything wrong with them, but they've right. just been fooled into all this meets this criteria, right. but it doesn't mean that what's on the inside and the internal guts and people and parts are going to be the best thing. Exactly. So I just encourage everyone, do your research. Do it hard. Do it long. Research the people. You know, really get deep into what you're about to do because you could lose big time. Yeah, for sure. Well, especially when it's on your home and, and typically people are hiring those companies because it's products they don't do. Yeah, um, yeah. That they don't know anything about. So the, the best thing, in my opinion, just to, just to throw my two cents in, is get a referral. You know, yeah, from, from somebody that's done absolutely. With so yeah, dig deep is the point. So we got to get into a hard break here, uh, Brad. I will get your call when we return, and in the next segment, 
will do my hack also, so don't go anywhere. All right, we're back. We're rolling. We're having fun. I want to get into some fireplace topics here, so as I promised, let's get Brad on the line and see what he has going on. Brad, are you with us? Yes, I am. Awesome. Thanks for holding the line. Absolutely. Uh, I had a question. I've got a wood-burning stove, and I would like to convert that into a fireplace, something more aesthetic, but I don't know if it's better to just take out the stove and start over or if I can somehow convert that into something that looks nice. So to, to answer your question there, you, um, you would, you would uh, I mean, obviously you could take the whole system out, uh, Brad, and start over and go back with something that was even built in if you wanted to and build around it and so on and so forth. But the advantage you have with a wood stove is that you can take that stove out. You have to replace the appliance still, but you would go in with a direct vent uh, gas stove that would be the same shell, the same concept, and the same look you have there. But instead of having to replace the whole chimney system, you'll run the normal gas venting up to the ceiling support box um, uh, of the wood stove right before it you know, goes from your interior up through your attic. Uh, I'm assuming that's how it's vented. And there's a little ad- adapter piece that runs through that existing wood stove. So um, you know, that would be the most economical way to go about it. Plus, if you really like the look of a stove, um, you'd essentially get the same exact product. It would just burn gas and you'd be able to you know, turn it on with, on a, with a remote control or a wall switch as opposed to obviously all the work you have to go through with your wood stove. No, actually, I don't like the look of the stove. That's okay. kind of the idea. Okay. I'd like to change it sure. to looking like a fireplace. Absolutely. So so, so there's still some advantages in, then with what you have there is we, you, you can still use that existing flue, um, but, but what we would do is, uh, or what you would do, I should say, is, you know, basically frame out an area, frame a wall out to insert a fireplace in, um, and then uh, that existing flue that you have there could be relined with the venting for a direct vent gas product, um, uh, and then you'd be, you know, you'd be, uh, you'd have a completely different look. Obviously, with something that was built in, you know, finished around with marble or granite or stone or tile or whatever. Uh, you know, there's a variety mm-hmm. of right. Yeah, I've already got stone around it, but it would be more of the. You know, just the mantle sort of sure. look above it and so forth. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's um, uh, it's it's definitely doable. And, and like I said, you've got some of the expense is is um, is going to be offset from a standpoint if you were going totally new, just because you can use a few of the flue components or venting components that you already have those there. So mm-hmm. yeah, de- definitely could be done. Um, but but the key there is you know the the hole that's already in your roof, you'd still be able to use that. So you know you're not putting another hole in the roof somewhere. So why would you need to reline the flue? So um, with a direct vent product, um, there's an intake um, uh, and an exhaust. So with a wood stove, you've got simply just an exhaust chamber. Um, the air for the wood, for the actually the air, the combustion air is, is taken from the room. But with a direct vent product, your combustion air is taken from outside. So it's a double wall flue where now you've got a single wall flue. So in this case, all you do is run the, the exhaust um, through your existing flue, and then the intake air would would come to the to the direct vent fireplace between the inner, you know, between the uh, the outer diameter of the exhaust flue that we would be running new, and the inside diameter of the wood flue that's already there. If that makes sense. So another, yeah. It so does. in other words, it's a, it's a pipe within a pipe at that point. It, I get it. But why couldn't you just take the um, the air that's in the room and use that for the 
Because you know? uh, so so if we because if it, with a direct fan fireplace product the the whole the whole thing that makes that product somewhat efficient is you're using outside air for combustion air as opposed to inside air. So a, a direct fan fireplace is a sealed unit. Um, gasketed door, kind of like a wood stove is sealed, except the door doesn't open like it does on a wood stove. So all the combustion air has to come outside the home. It can't come from inside the home, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Do you, do you have a ballpark idea on what costs would be to do something like that? You know, I, you know, that question depends on are we just talking about fireplace equipment or are we talking about fireplace equipment plus framing plus wall finishing and so on and so forth. So I'm, I'm going to give you an answer on just fireplace equipment installation obviously there's a gas line that has to be ran so there could be some hurdles that come into play there but mm-hmm. i think if you you know keep in mind a number of around five thousand dollars i think for that you're going to get some nice equipment mm-hmm. um you know potentially if it's if it, the gas line is easily accessible you can probably get the line ran for that too mm-hmm. um now as far as finished material i mean the sky's the limit you, you could you could pay another five for that um, or you know, potentially a little less if, if your finished material is very simple. Um, it, it, there's a lot of variables there, but, but I, can, I can give you a pretty good you know, ballpark of five is a good number to look at from a standpoint of your equipment. Okay. What about as far as um, not, do you ever do anything like having a, like what you would have in an outdoor fire pit with the gas right there, then you wouldn't have to run the line? Can you do anything like that inside the home? So... So let me make sure I understand. So you're, so you're saying you already have gas there, or no? No, I don't. And running a line would be pretty difficult. Okay. And I was just wondering, could you use one of those, you know, containers like you use? Oh, for like your, a propane. Oh, like a propane tank. Yes. Um, so if if you're gonna, the answer to that is yes. A lot of it depends on municipality. Um, and, and obviously there's some aesthetics that, that come into play there that, you know, with the tank sitting on the outside of your house. So there's codes and so on and so forth. If, if you can do that, um, and if you have the ability with codes and a place to, you know, conceal it or whatever, maybe you're fine with it just being kind of out in the open, but you never want to do anything smaller than a hundred pound cylinder, mm-hmm. um, to try to do a 25 pound cylinder. You don't get as much pressure really as you need to operate an, an appliance like that. Plus you're changing your tank all the time. So, so at least a hundred pound cylinder, uh, would be what I would look at if you were, if you wanted to come at it from that standpoint. So the answer yeah. is yes. There's just some more things you got to check into with neighborhood associations and codes and so on and so yeah, forth. Yeah, it could be more more hurdles for you than right. you think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you sound like it sounds like then going with the regular gas would be the smarter way to go. If you've got natural gas there, Brad, definitely go that route. And and, right. and sometimes what might look to be difficult to get it there, you'll get a guy out there and he'll be like, oh, I can do it. You would do this, 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 and this. So if, if there's a will, there's a way. But if you're already on natural gas, I would, you know, I would wait till somebody told me, man, that's almost impossible to do it in, okay. with natural gas before I'd ever think about switching to LP. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for all the information. Not a problem. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Have a yeah. great, uh, have a great yeah. weekend and go blues. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Brad. That was a great question and something that, you know, this is, this is his, his question is kind of exactly why we partner up and work together so much. And, um, you know, cause so Mosby's end in something like this, a lot of the times is we design it, we figure out what would work. We figure out how do you get the gas line there? Um, we figure out what do you want around it? What kind of hearths around? Are we building something? Are we not? In, in going through those design services, we can even show two or three designs where it's like, well, here's kind of a good, better, best. These are different. Well, you know, what do you really like and, and exactly. things like that? And and then we get you guys involved and have you in there to say, yep, this is a unit that would work, that would fit. This is how we flew it. This is, you know, how right. that, that works. And 
I mean, we come up with some really great products and ideas and, and some great solutions yep. for, for homeowners. And, and, um, I know we've been doing this for quite a while and I've actually, you know, I was telling them the other day when we were having our meeting about the radio show and everything and explaining some of the stuff that, that me and you have done. And I'm right. like, Oh, I've actually designed them where Eric never even showed up. Like the one we had out in Illinois right. where it was like, right. yeah. Photos, information, room sizes. This is the way the floor joists go. Yep. This is how this works. And you're going, yep, if that's the size and this unit works. And then we even picked out surround, showed him the stuff. He loved the surround and, you know, got him into this really great thing with just me going back there, right. you know, a couple right. times and not bringing everybody in because you can get to some of these answers. If, if one person has enough information, we can get to some great products and, you know, some great solutions for people. And so the uncertainty on how it's done, that's where Mosby can step in Absolutely. and really create that design. And this is really what you're after. And then we lean on you guys as an expert yep. to say, Hey, what's the best thing to do here? And, and another, to touch another little part on, you know, Brad's questions and, and comments there was, um, it's, it's the one thing that, I, I really disliked about my house when, when I looked at it and when I bought it that, you know, my house was built in 2003, I believe, three or four, something like that. And I, I didn't build it. I bought it about four years ago. And there's two fireplaces, one in the hearth room, one in the living room, and both of them are wood-burning units with gas logs in them. And I'm like, really? Right. In 2003, that's what the builder put in, you know, like, and so to go on that, you know, explain real quick that inefficiency of right, right. getting all that air from the home. Yeah. So uh, a lot of times, I mean, back, if you go back, you know, 20 years ago or so, or, 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 or even 15 years ago, a lot of wood burning fireplaces were put in. Um, so the concept that people have is a wood burning fireplace cannot be efficient. Um, because the builder has put in a, what's called a zero clearance open face fireplace. Um, you know, you can only operate it with door, the doors open. Um, so you can get a pretty nice looking fire in there, but, but there's virtually no heat that comes off of it because I mean, there's a little rating heat, but most of the heat's going up the chimney. Plus you got a tremendous draft and draw that's, that's being created so that the smoke can, you know, mm -hmm. go up the, the flue system. So you're pulling your, your heated room air out of the house. And you got the fireplace on to keep you warmer, but what you don't realize is the thermostat down the hall is saying, okay, furnace come on because it's cold down the hall yeah. because you're pulling all the heated rumor. So it's really this cycle of, of you're burning your fireplace almost to keep your furnace, you know, your furnace going. So if, if you say, well, I don't really want to burn wood anymore. I want to put in vented gas logs. Well, in a vented gas log, guess what? You've got to keep your damper open. You yeah. even have less radiant heat because a gas log is not going to put off as much heat as a real wood-burning fire with the ember bed and so on and so forth. So you've got something that's very, very inefficient, uh, pretty to look at, but 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 inefficient. So, and as I always say, I think the fireplace is the most misunderstood uh, appliance in the whole house. And in the 25 years I've been in the business, the, um, the the technology and stuff that goes into fireplaces has really changed a lot. And so that's why you really need a good, I mean, you need somebody that's not going to sell you a fireplace, but they're going to educate you about what's available. They're going to ask you questions, ask you what's important to you. Um, and then you take that information that they've given you, and then you obviously match, you know, specific products to, uh, to that potential customer. 
But that's yeah. only half the battle. At that point, too, it's like, okay, how are we going to finish it off? And, and that's where Mosby does such a great job because with the depth of their um, with their tra- or, uh, tradesmen and craftsmen that they have within the company and designers and architects and, and so on and so forth, um, they can they can pretty much do anything. And, and so I think that's where the partnership with C. Bennett Mosby works so good as that we really give the customer a turnkey um, uh, a turnkey experience where we can match the latest and greatest of fireplace technology with the latest and greatest in surround and finish material. Um, and then Mosby's craftsmanship uh, can be used as the backbone for all that stuff and framing and electricity and gas line running and all that stuff. So um, uh, just uh, can't say enough about those uh, about Mosby. Obviously, those listeners today are like, well, you have to say that you're on Rich's show. Um I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it, first of all, yeah. but, but I would tell you this <laughs> I appreciate from, all, that. from all the companies I've worked with over the years, there's so many layers w- with, within Mosby with, with design, with architect, with, um, with job superintendents and with salespeople that, and, and I've never worked, in all honesty, I've never worked with one of those people in any of those levels, and I've probably worked with a dozen people there over the years that wasn't totally professional. Um, so getting back to the home advisor or bad home advisor as it might be. Yeah. Um, you you know, it's, it's, when we talk, we talk a little bit when we were off air and I think really you look at Angie's list and you look at all this stuff, I think getting referrals is the best way to go. Um, you know, if, if a contractor, hopefully it's Mosby, but if it's another contractor, you know, ask for a referral list. Yeah, absolutely. Now now you're thinking, well, they're not going to give me somebody that's going to refer me bad, but, but you get the idea that you you can only do so much, but referrals are always the best way to go. Absolutely. So we'll get more into that when we return. Mark, um, I'll pick you up as soon as we return. All right, here we go. Last segment. Get in with us. If you have something, 314-241-9797. I'm going to get to Mark real quick as promised. Uh, Mark, what do you have going on? Hey, Rich, thanks. Um, got a question about a masonry fireplace. It's got two flues, one from the main floor, one from the uh, the basement. Uh, the main floor, the total length of the flue or the height of the flue is about uh, 12 or 13 feet, and the chimney doesn't extend above the top peak of the roof. Uh, my thought is, is that it was probably done, and, but uh, there are times when I don't have a very good draft. And I use a, uh, a Vermont Castings wood stove in the fireplace, and it, it's got its own flue. But I'm wondering about extending the height of that flue up so that it's a little bit higher and creates a better draft. Um, the other thing that I'll tell you is that at the top of that chimney, there is some, uh, uh, some cement that like, is part of the cap. And uh-huh. that cement is breaking down and probably needs to be repaired. So to protect that, I've, I've put one of these uh, chimney covers, these aluminum chimney covers over the top of it. Okay. Does that make sense? Is the chimney so itself I've... brick? Yes. Okay. It's full masonry. So the, so the chimney itself is something that Mosby, we have our own masons and everything. We can, we can rebuild it, tuck point it. We can redo that masonry cap for you. And it would definitely be the time to consider making it taller if need be. Mm-hmm. There's other rules that go into that. It depends on like how far away from that peak. It doesn't have to be taller, but if it's far enough away, 
but trees and all sorts of things come yeah. into play. So I'll, I'll let Eric touch on this a little bit, what he thinks. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's a whole science to, to, to wood burning and, and there's a lot of variables that come into play. And, and a lot of times it's, it's not the appliance, but I mean, there's weather conditions and, and as Rich said, trees and stuff around it, sometimes the fuel as well. So is it, do you consistently see when you have a worse draw? I mean, it, can you, are there patterns to, hey, it draws good now, but it doesn't draw good now. Do you have any feel for that? Yeah, I'm going to tell you that uh, um, in my sense, it's kind of like when the barometric pressure is lower. Right, right. Uh, that's when I don't get a very good draw. And, right. And uh, so I'm wondering if extending that flue up, uh, because it is, uh, what is it, the 11 by 11 ceramic um, right. square tile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if I extended it up another section or two. Uh, if that might not, uh, you know, do the trick as far as improving that draft. It, it, it's, it, I mean, in some, in some cases it could hurt in some cases it could help, but just, but, but when you talk, and that's why I wanted to find out when you talk about barometric pressure, you know, that's one of those things that you can't control. And so I'm not sure that raising that flu would overcome that per se, if, if, if that makes sense. Now, when you, I think you said it was about a 13 or 14 foot flu height. Was that? Was that what you said? Uh, or? Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say probably more like uh, 11 to 12. 11 to 12. So I mean that's kind of on the short side. So extending it, you know, um, uh, might not be a bad idea. To, to Rich's point, you you know there is something called a 10-2 rule where if you draw a line horizontally from the top of the flue over to the closest, you know, whether it be a roof or something else, you need to be two foot above that. So that that's that's where we would that's where we would start at to figure out if your flu um, and your and your vent cap are with you know are within the um, you know the the rules of that ten two rule. That's the first thing you'd want to do, um, you know, just to make sure that it's you know technically you know built the way it's supposed to be um, in order for it to work properly. Then you know raising it is is um, is something um, certainly that I think could potentially help because it sounds like it's a relatively short system as it is. Um, but, but we get into things with barometric pressures and, and things like that, that are, you know, atmospheric things and wind and stuff, you know, sometimes that's just going to wreak havoc, um, you know, on, on, on you trying to burn a fire and then, you know, the moisture level in your wood and so on and so forth. So there's just a lot of, a lot of different variables that come into play there. I wish I could give you an exact thing and say, oh yeah, if you do that, I guarantee it's going to work. And, uh, no, this is, this, this has been really helpful. I, uh, I have a tendency to, to, you know, kind of make sure that we burn uh, good uh, well seasoned hardwoods right. and uh, you know i really like the uh, you know some of the uh, what is it the uh, uh, hickories and, mm-hmm. and, and some of the oaks and stuff like that and so we get yeah. we get good hot fires in that vermont casting sure so, awesome so hey we're out of time here we got about 30 seconds but mark i appreciate you calling in and what i'd say is give mosby a call if you're in the area 314-909-1800 we can come out i can come out and take a look at it and we can kind of start to assess it i could get eric with me so um i want to pull out of the hat mark here is the winner for today i just pulled his name and uh we will talk to everybody next week go blues